Hey guys, hey guys, guess what? What? Hey, I got an idea of what we could do to make like Exit the Matrix the like the biggest shit ever. What oh, could we do? I don't know. Why don't we just sell the fuck out? That was the joke. <laughs> I've been thinking about selling out. Been, you know, fuck doing this, hey, man. Hey, bro, they say when you do that shit, nigga, you get the clout. Black fucking Twitter will Listen, fucking call your name and shit. They'll say that you're woke. It's a ceremony. Yeah. I'm, There's a woke ceremony. Oh, my God. I want to be inducted into the woke ceremony. Just sell the fuck it's out, It's a bro. symbolic, I mean, like, Listen, opening your third eye. I've talked a lot of shit about Bill Gates on this show. I'm ready to retract all of those statements. If you would like an apology from me, Bill Gates, please send $16 million to my Venmo. <laughs> it's a mean dash de law. It's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. So. You expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's up? It's the little motherfucking tanky that could. The commie thotty hottie himself. The motherfucking mo man. What's good? Yo, my friends. It's Kita. Back again with my other two wonderful friends. Amin Drew Law, a.k.a. Amin TMK, a.k.a. Amin Habibi, plus size model, pronouns he, him. I uh, hope everyone's doing well up in the place to be. If you uh, don't know, we released a podcast about two days ago. We were talking about the NBA strike, not a boycott, okay, strike. <laughs> Some people are very particular with that, but no, anyway. It matters, it matters, man. Speech. Okay, it matters, it matters. Something also that matters is black lives, and uh, if, if you don't know, LeBron LeBron James came out about a week and a half ago and he said, Black Lives Matter was a way of life. A big statement, would you say, for a for a person with a tremendous platform? You think about other athletes. Right. Uh, I mean, I compare and contrast that shit with Jordan, man, when Jordan was talking about, well, Republicans buy my sneakers, too. Right. So he came out and he said that. And lo and behold, about a week and a half later, the NBA, uh, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, went on strike. Looked like more and more as the, the day progressed uh, into the next day that the NBA players were going to strike for the entire season for the Black Lives Matter and movement. I already was starting to hear other other parts of Black America talking about following that lead. You know, all of Black America standing together, you know, to hurt economically the companies that control these politicians. Because that's how you make real societal impact in capitalism. Yeah, big facts. Because I think I when I heard about it, it was reaching the baseball teams. Maybe it's the minor leagues, not the major leagues. No, I but think the it, major leagues yes, striked. Strike striked as well yes. uh, and i think also some hockey yeah, teams some hockey did folks, as well it was sure, a, sure. the nfl you know they canceled practice yeah but, <laughs> i mean they tried uh, and the reason we're calling it a strike is because it's withholding labor and this is like when workers uniting can get shit done especially for sports which are predominantly filled with people of color who everybody wants you know it's the gladiator quote right are you not entertained well bitch i don't want to be your mm. entertainment anymore and the shit was starting to gather steam until, lo and motherfucking behold, who drops down to dead the whole fucking thing? Barack Obama. Now think about this. Because we haven't seen Barack Obama but twice in four fucking years, right? Through all this Trump fuckery, not really a whole lot to be said. But the moment that Bernie Sanders, like possibly begins to get some fucking steam in the Democrats. And we already know this is a person that's not very leftist at all, right? $15 an hour, blah. Just a bare minimum element of change. Now Barack is here to kill his shit. 
Once again, he jumps out now. Now that we have this powerful Black Lives Matter moment happening that can utilize economic strength, he jumps in, has a conversation with LeBron, and now he deads that shit. And it goes directly to the heart of what we've been talking about as far as Democrats. Because Democrats are the ones that are literally standing in the way of what we're trying to do with these social justice appeals. Who, When we're talking about defund the police, who are the mayors in these cities that are stopping these bills? It's kind of got to be the new conversation as we move forward, which is the aesthetic of the Democratic Party, which is paint Black Lives Matter on the street and at the same time add $18 million to the police budget. What you're seeing now is these defund the police bills are coming into these local governments and they're being denied by who? Not by Republican governors, not by Republican senators, not by Democratic uh, Democratic senators, but by Democratic mayors in very liberal cities. Now, all of that stuff matters because, you know, they, when we talk about, like, who is the enemy? We have to be more sophisticated is all I'm saying. As we're thinking about what our aims are. I mean, think about, okay, New York, when we talk about defund, right? Here's a real plot point that you can take when you're having these conversations with your friends out in the larger world. Defund. Oh, we don't mean strip their budgets. We do, actually. That's exactly yeah. what we mean. No, that ass. I mean, Listen. the New York Police Department has a budget of at least $5 billion. That's the estimate. Now, can you imagine the New York School District? Getting $5 billion? Or, I mean, not even the school district. You give it to the people so that they have food, they have community health centers, they have the housing that they need. Because these Democratic mayors, like, oh, we talk about how they keep funding the police. But the fact is, is they're also funding policies that are kicking out all the people of color who've lived there for years and years in favor of white money and white supremacist values. I know we mentioned this maybe a few weeks ago, but Cori Bush is a Democrat who won a House a house seat. When we were talking a lot about this idea of moving away from Democrats, but moving away specifically from people like Joe Biden, you know, who, you know, who really don't even envision or embody anything that the people want. A segregationist. Exactly. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Cori Bush, if we might uh, read some of her platforms. So if you go to her website, right, again, this is not an app. We're not advocating for this politician or against this politician. We're simply saying what their record stands, uh, what they're standing on. She ran on protecting our communities, investing in social safety nets, Building a future where we can thrive and economic justice. Some specific points that she has is like, as your congresswoman, I'll fight tooth and nail to eradicate targeted, hateful discrimination and enact federal policies that protect and uplift all people. Right. That's some language right there. So right there, that's already saying I want to go up against hate groups. That's a strong stance. That's a stronger a stance, stance. Than, than Biden has given you on anything. I did nothing wrong. Uh, investing in social safety nets. There is no excuse for extreme inequality, poverty, and insecurity in the richest nation in the world. That's why I'm a vocal champion for bold policies that will ensure our basic needs are met. I'm loving that. Right? I am loving that. Who's she getting the most pushback from, though? It's fucking Democrats. Um, one last thing. Really? Economic- she wasn't at the DNC? They didn't right. parade around like this is the future. Right. And mm. in fact, she's a spoiler. They're mad because she got rid of the establishment black Democrat that's been there for 
a family. It's a generation. Oh, the yeah, the incumbent was. They've been first of all, it's a legacy seat, so they've been there for fifty-one years. Oh. Years oh that family held oh that seat. keeps us safe and warm. Yeah, and so um, and I mean, Cori Bush, she because she actually ran in twenty sixteen, and didn't make it. And so, of course, they took it for granted. And, and and folks in the community, too, say that, you know, uh, Lacey, the Lacey family took it for granted, like, oh, well, she didn't win last time, so she definitely wasn't going to win this time. But the fact that both parties that we talk about ha- hold legacy seats, that means that their family gets to determine the policy. And corporations know how much that family costs because they've been paying them off for generations, right? Corruption keeps us safe and warm. And, and it's really what I've noticed too, though, is because Cori Bush, like, she has these great issues. She made them up front, but she also stayed in the community. And the way the news articles write about her, I, even for people you like and you enjoy, when you read the news articles, it's fascinating the way they rhetorically construct her story. It's rhetorical, not bad. First, it's all centered around Lacey and Cleaver. Mm. Cleaver is, uh, they believe, will be the only other Democrat representing Missouri. And so should technically be a mentor for Cori Bush, etc. Um, so all of the news articles about Cori Bush was this upset win. Like, this is kind of an amazing achievement. Don't talk about her. They talk about these other two people, <laughs> Lacey, who she ousted, and Cleaver, who all he could say was, instead of calling Cori Bush and supporting her and supporting her win, which is what Democrats are saying, you should support There was black no women. support? That's so shocking. I know. So Cleaver was like, well, I haven't had a chance to talk to her yet, but I had to call Lacey and let them know that I'm still their bestest friends and, and that I believe in them and their legacy. And I'm not the guy that you kill. I'm the guy that you buy. Are you so fucking blind you don't even see what I am? And Cleaver was actually like, this is a sensitive issue. I can't contact Cori Bush immediately. And I'm like, oh, so we can say Black Lives Matter. We can say, plus they keep, when we're talking about legacy seats, those legacy seats are not with the people. Because even the way they construct Corey's story is like, well, she was a homeless single mother. Um, and they don't write it in a good light. It's definitely like, well, does she know what she's they doing They love that bullshit rags or riches story. The rags or riches story. They love story, that bullshit. But it's also a way to denigrate her bona fides, right? Mm. So it's a way to say like, well, she doesn't understand politics because she was homeless. And it's like... Welfare queen. Essentially, they on that Reagan fucking policy of look at her. But didn't she come up through the Ferguson fucking uh, protest? Yes, which Lacey and Cleaver were not at. So Lacey and Cleaver keep getting credit for bona fides that they did like ages ago because they're part of the Black Democratic Caucus, et cetera, et cetera. The thing that should happen, too, is that no matter what generation you are, you really got to step aside for the next generation. And Cori Bush is saying like, hey, we live in a completely different fucking time right now and we need different things. And she stepped up and she's like, I hear you community. These are the things that we need. And the Democrats are like scandalized by this. Like, Oh no, we have to, is she going to meet us in the middle? And, and by middle, we all know that's like extreme far right. Just, just shy of fascism and authoritarianism. Just shy of fascism. <laughs> just, you know, that's a great way to like discuss the Democrats. <laughs> Just a smidge away. Yo, and the Democrats are looking at her ass like, like, like the, they got the gum jabbar. They're trying to understand, will she be ours to control? And they can't absolutely guarantee it. They knew what they could expect with that old family. They have no idea what to fucking expect with her. You went to Dune. I'll go to Belly. I, I think that they're sitting over there eating a banana and going... I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit. Yeah. I'll drop a dime on that. 
You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yes. No, that's true. And so I always, you know, I read news articles and I think like this is why nobody on any side of anything trusts American journalism. And it's because the articles I've read and the way they framed Cori Bush's story, which is not framing her, which is still sitting on the laurels of Lacey being, well, Lacey helped build the Black Caucus and Cleaver was in the civil rights movement. And it's like the civil rights movement has fucking changed. Put up or shut up. <laughs> that was popping in 68. That's like the height of all the wokeness ever. What was going ever. on in the freaking 50s and 60s? I don't know that I can. Yeah, you're black, but can I trust your black family to fight for black people in the hood, black people in poverty, black people who are not getting any fucking help staying in their homes with COVID-19? And by and large, these are the kind of Democrats that was rolling with Biden in the 90s calling those kind of black men, my men like me. Super predators. I don't got no fucking love for the Congressional Black Caucus. I'm just going to leave that shit out there. Because, again, who's the fucking people ravaging the hood? These fucking banks. Who's the number one fucking sponsor of the Congressional Black Caucus? Motherfucking Wells Fargo. These mother... And all these predatory lenders. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers that are literally ravaging the hood. And the Congressional Black Caucus fuck with all of them. I'm a capitalist. So, like, for me, it was always fucked them. Yeah, and the way it's getting framed is like, oh, no, there's two Democratic instances there's the bidens and kamala harris's and then oh no there's the the radicals aoc cory bush oh no they're anarchists yeah yeah pretty much and that's how every news article uh mainstream american news article is framing it so far so again folks pay attention read closely who has to benefit from this rhetoric let's say again right joe biden he picked kamala harris so he's doing a lot for black women right has he called this particular black woman and thanked her for winning this fucking seat that he needs as a fucking president? Of course not. My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not the performing of bullshit. it's a loss. You know what I'm saying? He knows, he, he knows it's not the kind of fucking black woman he even wants in Congress. And you know what I appreciate is that one article uh, came out. What I appreciate about Bush. And you know, the thing is, is no matter who you like, you got to keep questioning them. You got to keep following their policies. You got to. So the work is not done, right? Like this is now a candidate where it's like, I'm going to keep an eye on her and then we'll see. Because it was not the lesser of two evils. But what was great was that she... Um, she was honest as a black woman and said, I'm torn about Kamala Harris's selection because of her record on criminal justice issues, which means that Cori Bush stands by her prison reform, prison which, industrial complex, which is one of her issues and one of the platforms that she had. And she's so like, stance again. yeah, she knew she's like, yeah, I guess Kamala Harris is, um, is a great thing that so many women and young girls are able to look to, but we got to look at her record. These, uh, these freedom Democrats, man, they, 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 they're real wild left or at least wildly liberal in the election right but then they govern basically liberal barely liberal aoc got elected on abolish ice and now ever since then she's voted for fucking ice on every appropriations bill with the exception of one or two or don't vote right and where's those speeches every single time ice comes up for an appropriations bill she needs to be dead ass doing a motherfucking uh like them republicans do them what do you call them Them fill of fucking busters man fucking talking about how many kids are in cages you know what's the follow-up on this shit like what's this money gonna be 
used for? How are we connecting these kids back to their fucking families? These are Latinx fucking kids. Like, this should be a, 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 a something she's willing to die for on the fucking floor. And I think that brings up a good point, too, which is why we need more people moving us toward the left, because that will push back against all the Democrats who lean very, very far right. Because they end up swallowing a lot of these people and saying, like, okay, this is now how politics are done. So now that you've made it, like, it's... It's a little bit of the dragons, deal. This is what I've been taught during my life here in America is that you vote them in office and then you push them left, right? Like, isn't that how you're supposed to do it? You know what, bro? It's going to be a bigger conversation. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> Let's okay. talk to him. Grown man boss is something you got to deal with. So all of that collaborated, fabricated, it ain't going to equal up to this real shit. We've been talking about billionaires i feel like for the last we've been talking about a lot of billionaires right from the jump from the jumpington and and they're uh, all dragons you know what i'm saying they hoard fucking wealth straight up schmaug sitting on a big mountain of gold and And murder yes if you try to take a fucking a coin yeah if you take a coin that will uh completely destroy uh, you with fire or just um, buy out your small business. But uh, what I'm saying is there, there's sometimes we have this idea that maybe some billionaires can be good. We were talking about Bill Gates last week. And this is, I think, everyone's newest hey, favorite. Hey, you apologize to him, man. You got to fuck with somebody else. Now we're going to talk about Elon motherfucking Musk. Bitch ass. Okay, so of course everyone knows him for SpaceX. He's another one of these white dudes who are like, I one day would love to be in Mars in the space. I'm like a space cadet. I dream and create a new world. Scientists are saying the future is going to be far more futuristic than they originally predicted. But why is he a billionaire? What has he personally invented? Well, I think his dad, his dad? Uh, invented blood diamonds. Right. Um, so. so he's a South African who inherited. If you follow us deeply, you know Evo Morales was literally one of the leftists that we shot out. We shouted him out maybe on the first season because we're like, he's exactly the way that the West claims they want to see it. He is the lowest paid president in the world, uh, and he's executing socialism in a way that's not the quote-unquote scary Venezuelan kind of, you know, he's not a military strong man, you know, and he was just winning the election. So what happens? All of a sudden, we find out he wins the election. All of a sudden, there's a coup. It's like, oh, there was voter tampering. So now we have to put in a new government, which, by the way, is still in power. And I wonder why they're still in power. Is it because... Uh... So that's what we're getting to. <laughs> Thank you for, for jumping on that. But I do want to, before we jump into that, I do want to say the government that is installed right now is a far-right anti-indigenous group. That, what, that did not win the vote and has not had election since they had the coup because they know they don't hold the will of the people but they gotta act because they're following orders from other motherfuckers which is brings me to this particular tweet may i may i read it friends please sir all right so elon musk this bastion of the the left to the billionaires he tweeted another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people in my opinion so that's pretty egregious right there you you know what i'm saying oh and then there's more but wait there's more so someone responds and says, you know what wasn't in the best interest of the people? The U.S. government organizing a coup against Evo Morales in Bolivia so you could obtain the lithium there. Right? Is that bars or not bars? Those are real motherfucking shots So fired. you know what, you know what Elon does? He triples down 
and says, we will coup whoever we want. Deal with it. Corruption keeps us safe and warm. That, that's an actual statement made by a person who is beloved. By- now imagine, right? Because all these billionaires are in it together. They all go in it together. Imagine you've put in all the effort to put the lies out in the press from the fucking newspapers that you fucking own and all of that shit out there. And the official official story is, well, Evo Morales, you know, uh, he, he violated the vote. Like you literally now you got this motherfucker to come out and they talk about Trump, right? But all of these billionaires do it. They just say... Well, what the fuck is on their mind because they are beyond consequences. There's a motherfucker that does uh, fucking uh, drug testing for you to work at Tesla, and he's always on fucking uh, podcast smoking weed and shit. Right, with his boy with the JRE bullshit. You know, yeah. the, the, the white boy billionaire. I'm so different. I'm envisioning this new world. But really, man, at the end of the day, you're just an oppressor, bro. The way I feel like why this connects to especially Exit the Matrix podcast. The Matrix. People say things like, oh, we just got to deal with Trump right now. If we're talking about being anti-oppression, I want to be the kind of American that gives a fuck that corporations are literally overthrowing countries like it's fucking Tekken and it's the goddamn Mishima Zaibatsu and shit. And not even like trying to do it secretly. Right. Like and right Democrats your face. and motherfucking Republicans are both like, yeah, fuck them. Because they're all on. This is the real danger of Citizens United. Because if I'm fucking Elon Musk, I kick a million dollars to the fucking Republicans. I kick a million dollars to the to the Democrats. The fuck does that mean to me? I'm a billionaire. Corruption keeps us safe and warm. Now both of y'all know neither party should ever fuck with me because if you do, not all, I have several options. I can take that million dollar donation that I would normally give to your party. I could give it to your primary opponent, or I can just straight up give that money straight to your your opposing party. Now the Republicans get two million, and I don't have to tell you shit. You know off top, don't fuck with me. Because I'm daddy and I'm fucking paying for your campaign. We cross. <laughs> right. But the thing about it is, is that fucking gangster. And I, I, I saw a chart like this not too long ago. And it was basically talking about, here are the, the things that the people want in percentage. Okay, people want healthcare is like 61% or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's higher than that. Just pulling it out of anywhere. This is the percentage that it will get done. If the people want it. And it was basically at like 8%. Yeah, it's going to be abysmal Yeah, And then when it was like, oh, this is what billionaires want. It was like 94%. Like that is, that's the government that we in right now. And that brings me. Literally more than 80% of Americans want Medicare for all. Yeah, exactly. So I'm right. But none of the politicians do. So this brings me to this particular. Let's let's move to a, a corporation like Apple. The lithium that they're getting in Bolivia is very important to make batteries. You know what I'm saying? But also there are a lot of other things that we need. These rare earth minerals that we always talk about. Right. Yeah. They're very difficult to find and they're very difficult to mine. So and expensive to do so. So when you are in a place like Bolivia and you can you know mine these things without having the same sort of safety apparatus that you would in another place, like Evo was there. Now you're looking at a place like the Congo. You're looking at all different places in Central Africa now where this resource curse is rearing its ugly head again, where you have people working child labor, you have things, and what's it for? So we can have a new iPhone. We can have a new laptop. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, be holier than now. Like, of course, I, people need certain things. But these companies are putting in these forced obsolescence 
options where you can't change the battery. Yeah. You can't change, the, you can't get a new charger. It's all over the place, you know? And I, I just wanted to get y'all thoughts on that. I mean, well, I, like Apple even has made it now where it's, they're saying it's all proprietary information. So if you took it back in the day, back in the 90s, you could take your laptop, you could take your whatever device that you wanted. Hell, I mean, I feel like there was that for washing machines too. You could take it someplace and you could get it repaired by a generic person. You didn't have to go, you know, like if you bought, <laughs> if you bought like a Hyundai, you didn't have to go to a Hyundai dealership to get your car fixed kind of shit. But like Apple has now made it even illegal for you to take it to a general tech repair shop or even to like Best Buy and say like, hey, fix my iPhone. I just need a new battery. Only a genius could fix because there's a dude on uh i feel like youtube who is like hey this is how you fucking break open your you know not like break your shit but some dude from like eastern europe right. in here like let me show you, let how, me to show you how to change the battery these. like apple goes after all of these people and this force obsolescence is that too because it's not just hey your phone or your device or your electronics are going to break in this length of time two years or less <laughs> uh this length of time but also you cannot get it any anywhere else if you try to go so it it further strengthens the monopoly that apple is trying to have and it's ironic considering that that's you know apple came into the game trying to be the anti-ibm and that was exactly ibm's playbook that's why like you go to these companies and they still got as fucking 400s from the goddamn 60s because apple i mean uh, ibm gonna keep them contracts forever apple was supposed to be the difference they were supposed to be different and do it in a different way and they're like nah we just gotta take this proprietary shit and make it cool but like these have real impact we're talking about being the kind of person that and we should be this way right like, uh, you know, I don't fuck with people that necessarily eat at Chick-fil-A. But then you have no problem with people that are buying these Teslas. In fact, they're mostly seen as, like, eco-aware because, oh, my God, it's electric cars. But literally, to get those batteries, you're overthrowing governments and imprisoning people for voting for socialists. Oh, my God, it's the vegan argument where it's like, it's cruelty-free. Cruelty-free. Cruelty whose definition? Not yours. <laughs> yeah, and I always hear people say them, like, oh, to have this, I'm sure this stuff has to happen and it's like yeah that's where you need to be it's not a blame yourself kind of situation it's like hold like again what we're trying to get at is it doesn't matter if you're a democrat or a republican these are the it's the way it's gonna be and what bothers me is this ties into so many white supremacist arguments like well look at all of those diamonds in africa look they have all of these resources they're literally killing the kind of leaders that are like nah we don't we want fair trade for this or we want to nationalize it those guys die and that's organizations that are receiving congressional <laughs> money see to it that those people that are in power will always be very friendly to american business on our instagram uh matrix podcast uh, we posted this not not too long ago it was uh, a quote from uh, thomas sarkara who was a former president of burkhan faso assassinated in 87 uh and he said you know those who really want to help us can give us Plows, tractors, fertilizers, insecticide, watering cans, drills, dams. This is how I would define aid. Those who come with wheat, millet, corn, milk, they are not helping us. And I think the whole thing is, is like there is this benevolence, right, where white people want to be like, here's medicine. Maybe we were talking last week about Bill Gates. I'm going to cure Africa of polio. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can just give people the resources that they need to create these things instead of the 
white supremacist capitalist machine coming in, taking resources, you know, changing governments, overthrowing them, installing right wing anti indigenous situations. Like, that's what you can really do to help, you know, not sending people food aid and things like that, which is, you know, a part of that whole neoliberal bullshit ass narrative. Anyway, I digress. Yep. <laughs> a good digression. Thoughts? You Comments. teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. Yeah, but we want motherfucking clients, bitch. It's not personal for me. It's just bitch. Motherfucker is eating for a lifetime. No, we want him to buy our motherfucking McDonald's every day. Yeah. Are y'all ready to uh, to move on? Or do we have more things that y'all wanted to talk about when it comes to styling? On? I mean, you I'm know, sorry, we've, we've already talked about how the lithium impacts the world, how the cobalt impacts the world. Let's look at it from an environmental perspective. What are the what are the costs? Where are we going to dump our sludge next? Well, the Grand Canyon could hold a lot of sludge. Oh, it sure could. Yeah, let's sludge the hell out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But let's talk about something that I love. The environment. The trees. Yay, trees. Yay. Yay bees. Yeah, the Lorax gang in here. We love it, you know. But uh, if you don't know, uh, basically all of California is burning. I mean, I think it was a, an area the size of Rhode Island uh, just burnt down last week. I don't know if y'all remember way back in January, several years ago, this January, we <laughs> had uh, the fires in Australia that burnt down basically 23% of the entire habitable area there. Yeah. And we were just talking about digging up lithium, digging up cobalt, all of these things that uh, you know, fracking, all of these things that put pollutants into the air. And they're having very real consequences. So I just is there I just wanted to talk about that connection. Like what is going on with these fires and uh you know how do we move forward with the um the environment? I mean, well we talk about right the all encompassing effects of white supremacy where it's not just, oh, you called a black person the N word and you said something bad about Chinese food. And and I think what this environmental shit shows is how much white supremacy and colonialism has affected the way we even interact. Because this is an argument we have to have a lot where it's like, oh, no, white people, of course, are like, oh, the fires are out of control. Hey, if we did scheduled setting things on fire, then we could probably minimize the effects of these big wildfires. And, and it's like the side eye in every single movie, you know, where the person of color is just like making meaningful eye contact with the camera. Did this white person just? Um, because of course the indigenous people who were forced from their home uh, we're like, hey, so, you know, controlled burns that we had been doing that you made illegal, that we understood our relationship to the environment and what it needed, that thing, white people? To me, it always goes to a, a failure of imagination, right? My imagination. Because the argument is, well, if we take this money away from, say, the military budget, what happens with Boeing? What happens with Northrop Grumman? Right? And it's not to say that these things don't still have real, real applications. Look, I've said for a long time, while everybody's taking making a military space force, what if there was a nationalized firefighting service? Not a military organization, but a national firefighting service, right? That had all of the weight and funding of an arm of the military. So like now, you still have to buy those kind of tankers from from northern grumman you still have to buy the big super jets from boeing but now they're filled with water right these are going to be the kind of resources even a state like california would never be able to bring to bear for something that big 
It's just a failure of imagination for what can be done with these kind of assets, only ever seeing them as tools of war. But you know who's not doing that? Countries like China. And I know it seems like I'm always advocating for China, but I think it's important to look at other nations and when they move through the world. One of the things that they have going on right now is something called the uh, Great Green Wall, where they're literally planting a million plants a year, uh, a million trees a year uh, in the Gobi Desert, trying to reclaim that area to make it habitable area. Now, there are arguments, of course, with people that are like, you know, this might not be the right way to do it. You know, maybe they should be using, you know, monocultures uh, that are indigenous to that area, right, doing things like that. People are arguing about the technique that they're using, but no one can argue that there isn't a national program in China to literally plant a million trees a year. Think about the impact for that as far as greenhouse gases, carbon capture. More than that, they're literally creating islands out of the South Chinese seas to make land, to reclaim land. I mean, it's just a total reimagination of what you could do with things that we would normally consider military assets that are used to create opportunities for their people. Imagine if the United States was trying to like reclaim the Sierra Nevada, planting a million trees a year, even in a place like Arizona, which is mostly desert. You know what I'm saying? And without electricity, without a power grid, no one could live in Arizona. Well, I think when it comes to the deserts, you know, I think, hey, I would look at the Arabs, you know, they transform yeah. those things into oasis. Um, but I, I think, you know, to your point, you look at, the, uh, you know, America and you're looking at the EPA. I mean, it's basically a joke and it has been for a long time. It has been gutted and gutted and gutted and gutted. And this is what happens when you politicize the environment. This is what happens when you uh, encourage misinformation, disinformation. And people are really walking around here like, you know, the world is not just heating up it's not like oh yeah it's gonna get hot like no the world is transforming into something that's not habitable for us oh, planting sure. trees can be something that can help like it's not gonna change it's not gonna reverse the effects but it's a great way to to move forward and it's also good like you said for the ecosystem whatever may come from it. the example from china more importantly is that this is not an individual problem that we can fix so it's like yes it's nice that you know i personally like to plant trees. I, you know what I mean? Like, I like doing that, but Nerd. I know me, I know me personally as a human being is not going to turn around climate change and greenhouse gases. Um, we really have to remember that these corporations like Boeing, like fucking Elon Musk corporations, they're the ones that are drastically harming the environment. BP actually shifted this narrative and reframed it as it's your personal responsibility to turn off your life and not use running water like while you're brushing your teeth shut off the water like that these are all I remember learning about that in elementary school and then you felt the environment was your personal responsibility and that's how insidious propaganda is it's it's just important to remember BP is like literally the people that had that huge oil spill off the coast of Louisiana of which it pretty much destroyed the entire food system out there shrimpers were out of business you know and this was this is like right after Katrina so this was like a double hit but like beyond that right the science it takes to reclaim a desert we need that knowledge for science as we begin to move on into new millennia and the new centuries and start to think about terraforming places like Mars like if we've never terraformed on earth in a positive way right like not like fucking earth we've created whole new environments because we over you know fished this area right but like actively working at terraforming and making that a viable 
reliable science so that people have large enough model scales to be able to do this with computers. Like, this is what it's going to take to reclaim that. If we can reclaim deserts, we get to get to that technology that will allow us to reclaim planets so they're not even hospitable. Yeah, and it and it doesn't even have to be. I mean, I, I love the idea of reclaiming deserts. You know, I love the idea of creating new spaces where things can, you know, grow and live. That's really what creating a utopia is, you know, an environmental technological utopia. But I think, you know, even before then, like there's real life things, like you were saying, like terraforming a planet, you know, like you could we could terraform this one back to the way it was two hundred years ago. And we would really be changing the game. You know, you look at the acidity in the ocean, you look at the plastic. We we need a global movement like and again environmentalism yeah great it can be you recycling it can be you buying green or or, or buying less things in late stage capitalism but at the end of the day it's not going to do that much if we're not trying to remove this capitalist white supremacist narrative from everything you know like if you're not going to be if you want to be an environmentalist you need to be a revolutionary yeah yeah absolutely and you need to hold these corporations accountable and not call them heroes not call billionaires straight up heroes yeah they haven't done shit for us except for wealth and oppress us right yeah fuck them and then there was a big uh, protest i don't know if you know about they brought a guillotine to yes they did <laughs> to old jeffy's house oh yeah jeff who uh reaches uh yeah 200 billion it's important to not overinflate his worth. what is it 200 trillion 200 trillion is literally the gdp of shit who the fuck knows money is fake <laughs> okay it's fake money is fake and anyway, yet it's all hoarded at the top the best way to help the environment is bring back those ecosystems that existed the way that they existed you know before the industrial revolution so on and so forth before capitalism completely destroyed the planet and the ways that you can do that is simply remo- removing humans from the equation and i i remember watching a a documentary on Chernobyl, like 40 years later, where like the radiation that exists there, like a human being would probably like, you know, catch cancer if they stay there for more than like six or seven hours. And there's an entire ecosystem there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I read about that. And it's fascinating where, because the animals are returning, which they thought, oh, that means the radiation's gone. But the way the environment has I mean, it's a horrible accident. This should not be an intellectual exercise. But it is really interesting how nature has evolved to these conditions. Yo, them deer are children of the atom. Them motherfuckers are all X-Men. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But well, but, but, but I think, deer. you know, at, at the at larger is like when you were talking about, Mo Man, about terraforming a desert area or a desert space, I think of those spaces not necessarily for ecosystems to bud, but for people to live. That way we can remove ourselves from tr- these traditional places of, of you know, ecosystems where, where, where animals like literally have to go. Like some animals have to migrate and go certain places. And if they can't do that, you know what I'm saying? Their entire situation is out of whack. And, you know, the salmon population is all messed up. That's why they growing them into farms with all them, you know, gene limiters and all those crazy things. But yeah, yeah. And Native indigenous people showed us a way of, of living with the environment. And then, you know, white people tried to eradicate them. <laughs> well, you know what it makes me think of? And, and we can end it here. Unless anyone has anything else to say. I, I, I'll give it up to we y'all We could talk so much about this topic. We could. No, no, we could. But, you know, because maybe we'll talk about the legend of Korra soon. <gasps> yes. You know, it reminds me of living with the spirit world. You know? Like you, yes. You got to have a, an ability to, to, to have both. And there's no reason why um, the environment can't be us and we can't be the environment. Yeah. Balance. Do you have any thoughts? I would just like to say 
Buy my motherfucking book that bitch dropped this week. Get that. Fables, foibles, and other American sins. This shit is a gothic noir. It's a total bop. You already know. Exit the Matrix. If you fuck with the podcast, that's what we on. Exit the Matrix podcast at gmail.com. Matrix podcast on Facebook. I forgot to say Facebook. Yeah, I've been forgetting to say that. We are on Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's panopticon for you uh we are also on mark zuckerberg's other platform ig at matrix podcast uh any final words kita i love you guys love you too we out friendship gang i'm not the guy that you kill i'm the guy that you buy are you so fucking blind you don't even see what i am Thank <laughs> you.